Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode on the Schools of Excellence podcast. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. We are going to be talking today about how to plan for the chaos for the upcoming school year. So buckle up. This is going to be some fun. So when I talk about preparing for the chaos for the upcoming school year, what I'm actually talking about is understanding that the beginning of the school year, the first two weeks of whenever the school year starts for you, will have inevitable chaos. And it's so important to understand how to dive into those turbulent waters um, with a plan, with margin, and with the right mindset in understanding that chaos does not mean that you didn't plan appropriately or something's wrong with your operations or you don't have the right team or you have the wrong staff or you're not strong enough or fill in the blank, not enough, whatever not enough you decide for yourself. The beginning of the school year, for some people in the Northeast, it's the first two weeks of September. For some people in the South, it's the last two weeks of August. For other people in the Midwest, it's the first two weeks of August, whatever it is for you. The first two to three weeks of the school year, even if you run a 12-month program, there's always new enrollment in the fall. There will be chaos because when a large group of people are starting a new chapter, there is an influx of uncertainty, of ambiguity, of not understanding expectation, of trying things on and like, uh, I don't know, know what I'm really supposed to do here of a lot of questions, right? A lot of enforcing of new policy, right? You might have a new carpool system that you introduced this year. You might have a new sign-in system, a new drop-off system that you're trying because of safety issues from last year. All of that takes time, guys. If you have a new carpool system, please expect absolute insanity for the first week. Just plan for it. Just be ready for it, right? Right? understand how to plan appropriately, that if you have an influx of 30 students, you're going to have more cars in the carpool lane, so it's going to be more chaotic. 
And it's not about, oh my gosh, be positive. Like, how could you say that? It doesn't have to be chaotic. No, 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 no. That is the person who deems chaotic with unworthiness, chaotic with you're a bad leader, chaotic with how come you guys didn't plan properly? No. Chaos means that there's a big transition that happened. So I always like to give the example of like a new baby coming into the house, okay? Because I think it's such a great analogy. You have nine months to prep for the baby coming home. And yet, when the new baby comes home, it still feels chaotic. You're not sleeping. There's a new human in the house who needs every single second of your time. The baby is crying, or even if the baby's not crying, the kids, other kids in the house need attention. Your partner is sleep deprived. If you have a partner, there's, it's just chaos. That doesn't mean that the mother is not good. It doesn't mean that the father's not good. It doesn't mean that they're inexperienced. It doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing. It means that there is a new transition going on in the house. That is what it means. So. Let's bring that that in the context of school. How do you plan for chaos, right? So if we know chaos is coming, but we don't know what the chaos is going to be, right? That's so important to understand. The chaos is coming. The unknown, the uncertainty, the ambiguity, it's all coming. But you don't know where the chips are going to fall. You don't know what chaos you're going to be dealing with on Monday, September 1st, Monday, September 10th, 12th, 14th, 15th. You don't know. You don't know what it's going to be, but you do know it's going to be something. It's very similar to planning an event, right? Every single year when we plan a summit of excellence, I always tell Michalino, who's my head of events, head of programming and content, I was like, something's going to go wrong. We don't know what it's going to be, but something is going to happen, right? And so are we planning for whatever that something is going to be? So the question of today's episode is how do you plan for chaos when you don't know what the chaos is, right? How do you plan for the devil that's coming or the craziness or whatever you want to call it when you don't know what you're going to go up to battle against? So let's talk about how we do that. Before I go into the practical application and the strategies, which you guys are like holding onto your steering wheel, or if you're walking or washing dishes, you're like, okay, tell me what I do. First, let's lay some groundwork, okay? Chaos experienced in the beginning of the school year is not a reflection of your capabilities and competencies of a school leader. It is inherent characteristic of the transition periods as students settle into new routines. I'm going to say that again, super important. Chaos experienced in the beginning of the school year is not a reflection of the capabilities and the competencies of the school leader. It is inherent characteristic of the transition of students as they settle into new routines. As teachers establish classroom environments, routines, rituals, scheduling, as coworkers adjust to a new rhythm of communication and trust building. When you acknowledge this, and accept it, you can alleviate self-doubt, frustration, anxiety, and self-loathing, and blaming, and shaming that all happen during this time of year. All of those things take place. All of those things. We also have to understand that transitions include a lot of embracing flexibility prioritizing communication and understanding the definition of support during that particular season. And this is why 
on this episode where I'm talking to leaders specifically, I'm talking about understanding how you need to design your days and your weeks so the beginning of the school year is as smooth as it can possibly be, but smooth also means that you planned for the chaos. Let's talk about the definition of chaos in the beginning of the school year. Number one, overwhelm. The sheer volume of tasks, responsibilities, unexpected situations, all of those things that arise in the first two weeks can give the most highly executive functioned human being on the planet, make them feel overwhelmed. It's a lot. It's a lot. You are juggling numerous demands, addressing multiple unforeseen challenges, and you're working diligently to set the tone and the culture for the school year. Oh, no pressure. Yeah, that, that doesn't make anyone overwhelmed. Of course it does. Let's go further. What else is chaos during the beginning of the school year? Uncertainty. There is this chaotic nature of the initial weeks, right? Where everyone's trying to like find their footing. And as everyone's trying to find their footing, there's all of these decisions that have to be made. And everyone's coming to you to help them make those decisions because the overwhelm of the staff as they're trying to make decisions for all the kids that are coming in and all the parents that are pinging and dinging them, my child needs this. Don't put him in the front of the classroom, put him in the back of the room. He can't sit next to this person. He has this allergy. He doesn't like this food. He needs to make sure he has lunch. He's being picked up by his grandmother on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. She's by her father on Fridays and this day that I, woo. It's like, like literally like long, long emails, right? The seven paragraph masterpiece from each of the 20 parents letting you know, hey, let me tell you about my precious angel. Yes, we all have precious angels. I got four of them, right? And so because the teachers have an influx of overwhelm, they abdicate as much decision-making to leadership in the beginning of the school year. This is really important to understand as a school leader. When teachers come to you to help them with decision-making in the beginning of the school year, it is not an indicator that they do not know how to take responsibility or make decisions. It is an indicator of massive overwhelm in the beginning of the school year. Plan for it, right? Understand that they are not necessarily coming to you because they don't know the answer or because they can't figure out their brain is full, full, tank full, no space, no space, done, right? Just done. Add on top of it, the beginning of the school year, every day is mentally and physically exhausting, right? You have a new group of kids. It doesn't matter that you've been teaching for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. Doesn't matter. Every single year, your new group of children is going to pull and drain you in a way where you're like, I never remember such a difficult beginning of the school year. Yeah, you said it last year also. So it's not oh my gosh, she's not a good teacher or whatever. No, the beginning of the school year is hard. All the kids are coming from summer break where they had very little rules, very little structure, very little guidance, running around all the time. Now you're making them sit still for three freaking hours straight. Recess is shorter because now they're older, which all of a sudden when they get older, recess has to be less. Don't even get me started on that conundrum. You're telling them rules. They have all these lists of stuff they have to bring in. You're telling one kid that she didn't bring the right notebook. Telling another kid you got the wrong loose leaf binder. This is what you need. Your parents didn't send the right, you know, highlighter. Yeah, I'm not talking from 
any trauma over here, right? Getting like tons of notifications from every teacher. You sent the wrong binder. It needs to have four rings, not three rings. So we get in all those notifications, right? Parents are overwhelmed through the wazoo, right? And so they're overwhelming staff. And so staff are coming to you. So in case your blood pressure and cortisol level hasn't been brought up in the first 10 minutes of today's episode, now it already is. I am preparing you for what happens in the beginning of the school year. This is what happens, right? And then you're wondering why you're tired, why you're losing your shit at your kids, why you come home and you don't want to talk to anyone and you want to hide, why you wish you could do takeout for two weeks straight in the beginning of the school year so you don't have to cook. Like, that's what this is. That's what this is. And here's what you have to remember. This too shall pass. It passes. The beginning of the school year is a season of the beginning of the school year. It doesn't last all year. It's the beginning of the school year, right? The beginning. What else creates chaos? Time constraints. You are managing so much time and energy leaving school leaders with limited time for crucial tasks such as instructional leadership, professional development, and relationship building. All of those things feel like they go, ain't got time for any of that stuff. I got to go put out 4,000 fires. Plan for those fires. Create the margin. I'm going to talk about strategy soon towards the end of the episode. But time constraints is another thing that creates overwhelm. Okay, let's talk about another component. Stay with me here. The first two weeks of the school year sets the tone for how school leaders are perceived as stakeholders. So there is this pressure to effectively manage chaos and create a positive environment, and it contributes to this heightened sense of hypervigilance and scrutiny of yourself. And so if that doesn't take you off the edge, right, like if everything that I shared until now isn't making you feel stressed out, the pressure that so many leaders feel in the beginning of the school year to have perfection just exacerbates all of the stuff that I shared until now. Let's go further. Transition and adaptation. There's a lot of transition happening for students, right? Whether you have toddlers moving into the preschool room, you have preschool moving into pre-K, pre-K moving into kindergarten, you have brand new families that are coming in, whatever's going on, there's a transition time. Okay, and so you have a influx of people all acclimating to unfamiliar routines and unfamiliar expectations. You have an influx of humans, kids, families, parents, teachers, administration, all trying to acclimate to unfamiliar routines and transitions and expectations. When the leader creates an expectation in the beginning of the school year that things should run smoothly, you are setting yourself up for so much frustration and anxiety, like actual anxiety. It is not going to go smoothly. Like let go of that expectation. Let go of it. You have far too many people that are learning how to walk. So people are going to stumble and fall and be shaky and sound a little bit like like all the stuttering that happens, all the uncomfortable awkwardness, all of that goes on. It's okay. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. 
it's like the beginning of the school year always, right? Like my kids come home and my husband and I always laugh with each other, right? My One of my daughters will come in. My teacher, she's so horrible. She's so strict. She blah, 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 right? And then like the whole verbal vomit that comes out, right? Five days later, my teacher is amazing. We're earning this trip. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. We have all these points. I'm so excited. We're going on a trip in three weeks. Amazing. So glad you love your teacher five days later. What happens? They're getting used to all of this. Their brains are trying to manage all of these emotions. And as the safe leaders and adults in their life, they come home and they're like, my teacher is horrible. My teacher is this. I'm sitting at the wrong desk. You didn't get the copy that I wanted. Great. So that's what little kids do. What do grownups do? They come in and they're like, oh my God, this kid is a disaster. I can't believe this. This parent that all the learn how to just sit and listen to it and don't try to fix it or control it or manage it, or anything it, it will pass. And after the dust has settled, if things are still bubbling up, then we can have conversation. Please don't have conversation in the first two weeks of the school year. That's not the time. What else is happening that's contributing to chaos? Logistical challenges. Oh, my favorite. Logistical aspects of starting the school year, right? You have seven classrooms that all came out to the playground at the same freaking time. And it's like, whose time was it to be in the playground? I don't know. My time said 10 o'clock. No, it doesn't. Your time said 1020. Well, we came out a couple minutes early because the kids were crying and we wanted to get them outside. Great. Now we have 60 kids outside and there's not enough floor square footage over here. Someone's got to go inside. Well, who's going to go inside? I don't want to go inside. You have to go inside. Boom. Conflict. This is what happens. Logistical chaos happens in the beginning of the school year as people learn how to share the shared spaces in the school, the gym, the indoor classroom, the outdoor classroom, the nature room, the art room, the science, the playground, the front yard, the backyard, the whatever. You think everyone's going to follow the schedule perfectly? What world were you raised in? No one is following the schedule perfectly, right? Just remember that there's going to be some chaos and they're going to be okay. And they're going to work it out with each other and someone's going to let go and bring their kids back and then bring them back again 20 minutes later. It happens. Logistical herders require lots of swift problem solving and adjusting. Okay. Lastly, of what contributes to the chaos, stakeholder engagement. School leaders have to navigate the involvement of various stakeholders. You've got parents, you've got a board, you've got community members, you've got administrators, all of this, right? And everybody wants answers from you and everyone wants stuff from you. And balancing the expectations of needs and all of these stakeholders while managing the chaos of all the staff and the kids. <sighs> Take a breath. So now that we understand what I mean by planning for the chaos, right? Everything that I shared here, I am positive that you've experienced at least two or three of the things that I shared, if not all of them, especially if you've been in business for at least five or 10 years, you've experienced all of them. I've experienced all of them when I was a director, when I was in leadership, and I still experience these things as a parent. I don't message the teacher for the first two weeks of the school year. The only thing I'm messaging the teacher is compliments. By the way, if anyone's listening to this and you're a parent also, here's a great tip at the beginning of the school year. When you connect with your child's teacher, here's what to do. Love on them. Love on them. They have not heard probably one compliment and I don't even know how many days, right? Find one thing that your child was happy with when they came home from school and tell them. 
my child loved the math lesson today. She loved the props that you brought in. We're so looking forward to an amazing year. Thank you so much for a lovely day. Love on the teachers. Just send them nice messages. They'll calm down and then they'll be ready to have difficult conversations with you if you need to about your child or your kid who's not doing homework or your kid who failed the test, whatever. You'll have those conversations. Beginning of the school year, say nice things. Just say nice things. That's all they need to hear. They don't need to hear any complaints or any requests. They've got enough. Okay, let's do some story time. So I wanna tell you a story about Jenny. Uh, remember that anytime I tell a story, the stories are reals, real, uh, but the name and identifiable details of the person I'm talking about is changed to protect their privacy. So Jenny was someone that worked with us for, I would say a year and a half before she brought up this concept at the beginning of the school year. And when she had originally joined the program, she uh, had some health issues. And she was telling me how in the beginning of the school year, she always gets sick. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Um, I also know someone who always gets sick um, at the end of the school year. Uh, so my husband uh, worked in Otomota College for nine years, and he worked seven days a week. It was an extremely, extremely strenuous job. And he had very, very few days off, but he had off in the summer. Every single year in the summer, for the first two weeks, he would be sick with whatever it was, bronchitis, the flu, whatever, something would knock him out for two weeks. Um, every single year for nine years straight. And then he left the job and magically he stopped getting sick in the summer. So I was like, oh, I'm very familiar with that uh, concept of cyclical uh, getting sick at specific seasons of the year. And I was like, you know, let's evaluate what is going on in the beginning of the school year and why you are getting sick. And so we started to unpack her season of life she had two really young kids who were transitioning into from kindergarten up into elementary school. Her husband traveled for business a lot and she had all this stuff going on at the center. And when I talked to her in May, so this is months and months before the beginning of the new school year. And I was asking her, I was like, by the way, what are the goals for fall? Right. Because one of the things we do in our membership is every quarter we do something called the priorities reset. And so we map out what are the priorities going to be for the next quarter. So in May, I was actually having a one-on-one -on -one with her and was talking to her about what are the priorities for the fall? And she's like, oh, in the fall, I'm purchasing a new location. And I was like, no, the hell you're not. And she's like, oh, I, I'm like already like underway. Like we're supposed to like close in September. And I was like, okay, let's take a pause for a second. Every single year for the last five years, you are getting sick when the beginning of the school year starts from the regular chaos of the beginning of the school year. And now you're telling me, I'm gonna purchase a new location in the second week of the fricking school year. I'm gonna go into contract with something. Like, what are you doing to yourself? So she started laughing and I was like, this isn't funny. Like, this is your health and your life. Why do you have to do that the second week of September? You're still in May. Can we have a conversation with the negotiation, right? With the person that she was purchasing the property from. I said, why can't this happen the last week of September after everything has settled in, in the new building? Why is the rush to do it the second week of school? Why? What is happening? What could possibly be happening that second week that if you wait two more weeks to sign the building, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? She's like, well, I just want to do it already. I'm like, why? Why do you have to do it that week? Why can't you wait 10 more days? 
And she's like, I don't know. I guess I just, I want to do the next thing. I'm like, okay, well, the next thing is called taking care of your life and your health and your kids who are young once. And when you open up this big building in the second week of the school year, what you're basically telling your husband and your kids is sayonara for the next 30 days while I take care of X, Y, and Z. She's like, no, 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 I only have to do, I said, what do you mean? No, 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 I only have to do this. Have you ever purchased a building before? Have you ever purchased property? Have you ever done any big transaction? You bought a house, right? Right. How many things didn't go according to plan? Just list me. In the next 120 seconds, I want you to fill me in on all the things that didn't go according to plan when you bought your house. I don't remember how many years before she bought her house. So for two whole minutes, she gave me a whole list of things of all the things that didn't go according to plan when she purchased her private home. And I said, great. Now we're going to multiply that by 10 because you're not buying a private home. You're buying a commercial building. You have lenders and buyers and mortgage and two mortgages and all of this stuff that's going on. And now you could talk for five minutes about all the things that possibly might not go according to plan. What is the cost to your health, to your marriage, to your kids, to your mental and emotional well-being, to your first center when you decide to make a move like this? So she's like, okay, I hear you. You're right. I'm going to move it to the first week of October. I said, great. She moved it to the first week of October. The whole month of September, she was focused on getting that center up and running, right? Her first location that she has already for years, settling everyone in, transitioning everyone in. She did date night with her husband three times. She was home every night for dinner with her kids for the first two weeks of the school year, heard all of their milestones and joys of the first two weeks of the school year. And when I spoke to her a week before closing, I said, let me ask you something. What's your definition of success over the last three weeks? And she's like, honey, I was home every night for dinner. I went on a date three times with my husband. I'm not sick. We need to stop quantifying winning as the glorified purchasing of that second location. She purchased it two weeks later, three weeks later. And what did she gain by purchasing it three weeks later? Her health her marriage, her parenting, being home, listening to her kids, memories that she placed inside their heart forever. She's the richest person in the world. Knowing how to plan the beginning of the school year appropriately is called being wise. And she was jumping into this purchase for no other reason other than, I just want to get it over with. What do you mean you just want to get it over with? Why? What, you want to just like be drunk and just get it over with and forget about what happened? Was this such a painful decision that you just have to get it over with? It's joyful. You're purchasing another location. Make space for it. Celebrate it. Lean into it. So let's talk about some strategies, right? How do we plan for chaos? Number one, reflect on past experiences. School leaders need to take the opportunity to reflect on past experiences during the initial weeks of the school year. Analyze previous years, like um, review recurring challenges or patterns or obstacles that typically have come up for you in previous years in the initial weeks of the school year. What are some of the successful practices that you've done previously that you could do again? Where could you amp up communication in the beginning of the school year? 
right? What can you learn from past experiences that can help you with this upcoming school year? Number two, create a margin plan. To navigate chaotic periods effectively, you need to proactively create margin. What does that mean? It means incorporating flexibility, buffer time, and additional support initial weeks of the upcoming school year. So what do I mean by allocating buffer time? Find extra time in the schedule for unexpected situations or delays, which means you don't book your calendar to death. There should be space, white space, open for unexpected things, for things that take a little bit longer, right? You can't plan for the parent that's like proverbially holding your sleeve and saying, I just need to tell you one more thing. I just need to tell you one more thing. What are you going to tell them? No, stop talking, right? You're going to listen. Well, now they just went into your margin. That's why you need margin, right? You need margin. Build in flexibility. Create a plan that allows for flexibility. Accommodating individual needs. Adjusting schedules. Things are going to happen. Your teachers also have lives. Many of them have kids. You think that they're not going to have stuff that go on with their kids in the beginning of the school year? All of a sudden it's like, whoops, my kid caught the virus. Yep, first time in school. He's a germ like Petri dish and his kid got sick on the third day of school. Great. What are you going to do now? Plan for it. Schedule addition support, right? This is my third tip. Identify areas where you can have additional support, additional volunteer staff or extra staff or resources that can help with the beginning of the school year, that can help with this chaos. Let's go through a couple more strategies. Anchors. What are your anchors during times of chaos? So this is something I talk about a lot inside of our director's inner circle for this upcoming school year and in our Owners HQ program. I've actually introduced a whole new training called Distress Tolerance. This is a whole training on helping our leaders understand how to manage stress and what are their distress tolerance levels so they understand where they are in the continuum so they know how to meditate and breathe and pause before they react and respond. In the beginning of the school year, you need to know what are your non-negotiable anchors that keep you grounded. You need to do grounding activity and exercises that keep you anchored, okay? So you have to identify what those anchors are. We have a podcast episode on anchors. We'll link that in the show notes. Definitely go check that out. Know what your anchors are in the beginning of the school year and practice those non-negotiably. Like you can't, something else has to give if there's no time for those three anchors. Super important. Another one, relationships. This is one of the hidden treasures of our membership, right? People say this all the time. Like I came for the content and the coaching and I stay for the community. The members have created friendships, relationships, partnerships inside of the community of schools of excellence. Having a community or one or two friends that understand what you're going through that you can connect with in the beginning of the school year, whether that's like every other day check-in of just like, hey, I'm thinking about you, sending you lots of support, right? You're both busy. You're both overwhelmed. You're both maxed to capacity. But each of you have three seconds in your day to send a text message that says, whatever you're going through, I'm cheering for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm thinking about you, sending you all the best vibes in the world. And then when you get that message from your friend, feel your shoulders relax. You don't have to get on the phone and talk. Sometimes you don't have time for that. Best friends don't need to talk every single week. But send the message. I got you. I'm here for you. I'm thinking about you. I know we're each swimming in our own tumultuous waters right now, but we can know that someone is holding space for us in the universe. 
do it. Find that person. Find that person that you can do that with. Okay? Lastly, sorry, two more things. Prioritizing communication. Communication, communication, communication. Every single day, running that daily huddle. So one of the parts of our communication system inside of our Owners HQ program is the daily huddle, which is we walk them through how to run a specific daily update so that everyone on the administrative team has clear, concise updates that are actionable and measurable so everyone knows how we're moving the business forward for the next 24 hours. This is not a quarterly vision planning or vision casting or goal planning session. This is literally 24 hours, what do the next 24 hours look like? That is the plan of action. That's the war path for the first two weeks. You are not looking past the first two weeks of the school year. You are looking at those two weeks of blinders. We're getting through these two weeks and we're getting through them strong and we're getting, we're going to survive these and we're going to come out on the other side strong. That's it. That's what the daily updates are about. Next 24 hours, what are we all doing? And then meticulous accountability with that. Next. Timely updates, timely updates, super important to have a central place where you're updating everyone. I remember, so back when I was a director, we didn't have all these like fancy ways of communicating with everyone. We had like, I don't think WhatsApp was even available at the time. We, we definitely had texting and then we had like the, the bulletin board for updates. And I remember the beginning of the school year, I'd always be like, I need to tell everyone like this update or this thing that was going on. Or I don't know, we had like an impromptu like uh, licensing visit. And I was like, crap, I got to tell everyone what's going on. So, you know, I was like frantically running around the building and trying to tell everyone what's happening. Timely updates. In 2023, there is zero excuse on the planet not to be able to communicate with people. Like there are a million ways to get a hold of people now. Find your one method of communication and give people timely updates. What you need to remember is your brain will play tricks on you. In the beginning of the school year, when you're so overwhelmed and you're so exhausted and there's so much going on and so much decision and compassion fatigue, your brain is like slowly starts to go into self-preservation mode. And so your brain thinks, oh, I already told everyone about that. Or you told one person and your brain's actually like, Wait, did I tell everyone? Like your brain is not operating in its mental acuity. Plan for it. It is not going to operate in mental acuity. Plan for it. Which means give people timely updates, right? Send that mass text. Like, guys, I'm going to over-communicate like crazy in the first two weeks. You're probably going to get tons of text messages from me. But I would rather over-communicate than under-communicate. We'll dial back communication once we all get settled in. But the first two weeks, I'm going to give you guys consistent update about what's happening. I'd much rather you over-know what's happening than under-know what's happening. All right. So, as you can see, it's a very heated topic for me. I get very excited when I talk about this because... I really, 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 really want you to succeed in the beginning of the school year. And more than anything, I want you to not poke holes in your confidence because I see some of the best leaders' confidence take massive dips in the beginning of the school year. And it's not necessary. It's not. We have to learn how to be stronger with our mindset and stop shaming and blaming ourselves when there's chaos. I just spoke for 30 minutes about how to plan for this, about how it's inevitable, about all the strategies that you can do on this. And I really, 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 from my heart to yours, feel and open your heart expansively for a moment. Your school year is unfolding exactly the way that it needs to be. 
And every moment that you feel that you're off track or you're behind in the beginning of the school year, please hear my voice in your head. You are exactly where you need to be. The school year is unfolding exactly the way it needs to be. The chaos is normal. You are a good leader. And this too shall pass. Please tell yourself this. Go back and listen to this episode. This is at whatever minute mark you're hearing. Play it back for yourself and remind yourself these things. Do not take and shoot your confidence in the leg when it doesn't need to be. Because you're an incredible, credible leader and you can do these hard things. And I'm so excited to welcome the 2023-2024 school year for all of you. So thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you got any value from today's conversation, please, please do us a favor. Share this episode with other school leaders, with friends of yours, with parents of yours, right? Parent friends who can get value from listening to this episode. And if you are so inclined, would absolutely love if you can rate and review this podcast if you haven't done so already. Ratings and reviews help us get more discoverable and more findable so other people can learn more about our podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.